evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's Red Voices. Thank you as ever for stopping by. And sorry it's not going to be the most cheery of pods this week. At least we've got that lovely victory over West Ham on Saturday to uh, get in the middle of two rather dispiriting defeats to Barcelona that leave United out of Europe and focusing on what is going to be a very interesting top four race for the next month or so. You and Rich on duty tonight. Richard, all right, you were right. We didn't win. Happy? Absolutely not. I, I'm just sitting here with, looking at the TV with the sound off, and I can see Jesse Jesse Lingard's getting um, getting interviewed, and he's, he's he's got a face which almost entirely re- represents my feeling inside about that game today in United. He look he looks like someone's been slapping you around the face and done something terrible to his mother. That's what he looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I guess Barcelona did do terrible things to us this evening, so I guess that's about right in some ways, isn't it? Um, should we go back chronologically then to the first leg last week? Yeah, go on. Yeah, all right. Well, that wasn't great, was it? Over. <laughs> it's it's really strange actually. The two the two games have almost been complete. The two Barcelona games have almost been complete opposites. In the first game, we didn't turn up for the first ten or fifteen minutes. It's almost if we we were terrified of what they were going to inflict on us. And, and once we once they'd scored and we kind of settled down a bit, we actually then competed pretty well for the rest of the game, even though we didn't come that close to scoring. Whereas tonight, obviously, has been the complete reverse where we were very good for the first 10 minutes and then absolute shower of shit for the rest of it. Yeah. The first game was odd in that we gave him too much... We clearly gave him too much respect. Or I don't know if we gave him enough respect. I don't know what... We seemed to be sort of shaken into life by the goal, but you could just see we just... They were playing within themselves and we just didn't have the quality to create the chances to, to cause them too much trouble. And I don't think we had a shot on target in the entire match, if that's right. No, we did not. I mean, there was the... There was the I suppose the one notable chance was the the, the volley that Rashford had walloped into into mid orbit. Um, <laughs> no, I mean the Dallow header was really the one, wasn't it, in the first half? I mean that was the one good chance, the one chance where you could genuinely say we should have scored from that. Mm. You know, if we're going to look at that a little bit more clinically, it's an excellent cross, and the problem is he's come at it too quickly, so it's gone off the side of his head as opposed from the front. Just uh, bless him. I mean, I'm, it's difficult to, you know drag Dallow out for for missing that chance because you know it was a difficult game and it's a big occasion and he's still very new at this level and somewhat raw despite how exciting he is when he gets on the ball but it was just indicative of everything that happened over the last several weeks and also the two legs of the side wasn't it you know we had a couple of moments where we might have made something happen and we didn't follow through we didn't take the chance and yeah as you mentioned there we did give Barca a little bit too much respect in the early offing and we got done you know it's a great cross by Messi but pretty rubbish defending and then the Suarez header comes off shore own goal and you know as so really on in the tie as well to, to start by conceding in that manner that allowed Barca to spend the rest of the evening apart from the fact they had a couple of decent chances you know Suarez came close in the second half they were able to play within themselves and not exert too much energy and not really worry too much because they knew they had that away goal buffer and they did allow United to play an attack and you know, ultimately it was PK defending well, United struggling to find space and really hurt them because they were able to sit in a low block and not really do too much to us. That basically meant that the rest of the game was somewhat of an event, you know. And then we went on to West Ham on Saturday. Oh, good grief! I mean, I, I did find myself thinking, "Good God, Arsenal were lucky on Monday night against Watford." But then I thought back to what on earth happened at Old Trafford on Saturday against West Ham and thought that's probably evened out somewhat. We were dreadful, weren't we? Yeah, I mean it's it's the nature of football, I guess. That we've played three games in a week, in just over a week. We've lost two and won one, and the one we won was the game in which we 
played the worst by some considerable margin. I mean, we're playing against West Ham side who hadn't scored from open play away from home since December. They hadn't won an away game since December. They'd taken one point away from home in that period, and frankly, they should have been us. They had enough chances to, to finish us, and one of the most frustrating things is that United are just completely incapable of controlling a football match. Fred and Pogba, I think, were probably marginally our best players against West Ham, and they both did their jobs well. And One of the frustrations we've got, and there are lots of frustrations at the moment, is that really since Ollie's got the job on a permanent basis, he seems to have kind of regressed into his shell in terms of the way personnel are, you know, where, where the team's put together and where they're deployed. And we've we've seen in recent weeks, really from the, the first Wolves game, him essentially dragging back Pogba back into the position just in front of the back four that he's he was playing under Mourinho and being being stymied by. There's so much wrong with the way this team's functioning at the moment, but it's just little things like that, that we've gone from being for two months incredibly offensive and incredibly incredibly positive to really playing every game as if, as if we're frightened again, which is which is how we were even towards the end of Mourinho's time. You know, West Ham dominated that game like Watford did a few weeks ago. They they hit us on the counter again and again and again. Um, we we had Dallow at right back and obviously, you know, he's a, he's very much potential. But Felipe Anderson just ruined him. Um <laughs> and just completely ruined him. But there's there's so there's so much wrong with the way the team's functioning that it's hard to know where to start. I mean, I have some sympathy for, for, for Ollie in that all of those injuries really took away our momentum. Um, and I think it was always going to be hard to to follow up that win in Paris just just because of the, the, the degree of the achievement that, that there was. And you're seeing you're seeing a team now where he's trying to put in the players that did well for him at the start, but they've all, but some of them are coming back from injury. Others just just are out of form, and it's just not it's not working again. You know, he was he was he was honest enough to say afterwards that we were absolutely United were absolutely terrible. The one difference being that you know the thing that I, I'm glad he doesn't do, and the thing that I won't miss from Mourinho is him actually throwing players under the bus after performances like that. You know, it's fine to say the team played extremely badly, but then you you go and you go and bollock players behind closed doors. But yeah, I mean, I, I've got some concerns about the way he's been setting us up in recent games. You know my feelings on appointing him so early. Not because I think he's destined to be a failure, but because we just don't know. We didn't know. We didn't. I don't think we, we had enough information to make a really informed decision on him. So I think, we're, you know, we kind of find ourselves in a position now. We beat, we beat West Ham, which kind of leaves us in position to at least continue to challenge for top four the Arsenal winning at Watford was a big a big blow I think but you know ultimately we just we just look into the next game now and trying to trying to work out how to get a performance we've got three really tough games against Everton away City and Chelsea now and unless something changes significantly we'll be struggling to get anything from those games let alone keep pace with with Chelsea and Arsenal I mean Saturday felt like a game we just had to get through because there was frequently such little spark in terms of what we were trying to do. You know, there were occasions where we managed to get involved in West Ham's penalty area, but we didn't really necessarily consistently make too much happen. And it was an uncomfortable afternoon. You know, the matter penalty and I don't, I don't know about that one myself. I thought it looked like a penalty to me. I'm not necessarily sure where the what the issue was with it, but regardless, you know, it was perhaps somewhat fortuitous that he went in at half time in the lead you know there was and an, Felipe Anderson as you said there you know he had a goal wrongly ruled out for offside that would have equalized I think if I remember correctly would have put in my head yeah 
oh man, never mind. Regard, <laughs> disregard. But you know, there was nothing lucky about their goal. It was a terrible clearance from De Gea to try and pass out to Pogba, and we just never recovered from it. You know, it was a relatively straightforward goal just in at the back post, and there it was. And I guess you could say the fact that we at least kept going and kept trying things was a was that was a positive. But I guess the way that the penalty actually happened, and despite I was really pleased to watch Pogba bury those two penalties, at least we're not seeing that run up at the minute. And that's mm-hmm. positive. It's just the way that Martial came onto that chance. You know, it was a really good through ball, nice little touch from Rashford, maybe a suspicion of offside. But in that sort of situation, Martial, you would expect to bury that, but he froze completely. And I think he was somewhat fortuitous that Fredericks basically ended up getting such a bad tackle in from behind because it was a clear penalty. Mm. But I think at that point, Martial just didn't really know what to do. He had Rashford to his right. He could maybe have played him in for a tap-in. But I think decision-making-wise, there was I couldn't see what he was trying to do there. And you could see almost when he was just bearing down on goal, he was taking so long. And I in- instantly thought, look, just pass this off. You're going to shoot and miss this. And bless him, I think it's indicative of of a lack of confidence in a large number of our players at the minute where they just don't quite look up to it at the moment. And I'm not necessarily sure what's caused it. You know, I mean, as you said there, we were riding that high of PSG for a very brief period. And that was a wonderful night and a wonderful result. But ever since then, we have struggled. You know, I mean, perhaps in the Arsenal game, you could say that we were somewhat unlucky not to get a result there to a certain extent. Actually, no, we weren't unlucky. We just missed our chances. You know, have we actually gotten the goals? And it could have been a completely different result. But we've not really played anywhere near our correct level or the level that we'd seen in the Solskjaer for the first couple of months ever since PSG away. You know, it's been a proper slog the last couple of weeks and it's not been particularly great to watch. And it's difficult, especially now moving on to this game tonight, to come away with anything other than a clear idea that United have got a lot of work to do this summer. And again, the frustrating thing is, is as we said before, Rich, it's just the fact that, especially with the way we started, with Rashford hitting the bar in the first couple of minutes, again, it's just taking chances and we're just not doing it. Yeah, I mean, the way that Oli set us up was probably initially, we, it was clearly effective. United have, have twi- well, we have many problems, but you, as you say, one of the problems is not taking chances at the moment, which which is extremely frustrating. I mean, Rashford was the biggest culprit tonight with the the chance where Pogba put him through to the on the left of the area and he sort of poked it with his right foot rather than hitting it with his left and, and, and hit the bar. But United were really, really good in those first 10 minutes, really pressing hard from the start, from the front, um, and, and Barcelona just couldn't couldn't settle on the ball. But at the moment, we're just not capable of keeping it up. And as soon as Barcelona scored from a mistake, and almost every goal we can see at the moment is from a mistake, we just folded. And it happens too often. You know, going back to going back to concerns about about Ollie, we've we've seen in the last three or four weeks Ashley Young kind of hitting his his Gary Neville against West Brom point really where mm. you know he just seems he just he just seems to have he's just not anything like the level now. It just seems like perhaps physically I don't know he's just fallen off a cliff. There was the weirdness of him being picked as a centre back at Wolves in the league, which ultimately resulted in him getting sent off. He cost us the first goal really by just being really loose in possession in the left-back area. And it, it just it concerns me that Young is putting in these performances and yet Solskjaer, when he has the opportunity, is still picking him. And even though, mm. the, even though the alternatives aren't great, I mean, I would have done anything not to pick Young tonight, whether that be play Dallow at left-back or play three at the back and use Dallow as a, as a left-wing back. And even if you still use Jones on the other side, whatever you want to do. But looking at Young now, I just see a player that I cannot use anymore. 
you just can't use him anymore. I just think there's some muddled thinking at the moment with United. I don't entirely blame Oli, and there are so many other other issues. But it, I, I just found, I find his team selection is and his substitutions just a bit weird in the last week. And as, as I said before, it's almost as if he's he's got the job full time, and suddenly he's he's kind of regressed into a shell of suddenly there's there's enormous pressure to to get results, whereas before perhaps it was just a bit of a a bit of a free hit of a ride. I don't know. I, I really don't know what it is. But yeah, I mean, once we conceded the first goal tonight, that was it. We disappeared down the drain, and yeah, I think the second goal was indicative mm. of, indicative of the state of our defending stroke goalkeeping situation at the moment. Oh dear. I mean, Day has saved us so so many times over the last several years. He has got an unending line of credit when it comes to me, but. By his standards, and perhaps by any standards at this level of the game, that is an absolute howler. There is no way that should be getting in. And it happens every now and then, but it's been happening quite a bit lately. Dave has not been passing the ball out particularly well. It's just not been a high level of performance for him. And it comes at a time where there's a lot of focus and a forensic level of analysis on De Gea's performances because he is essentially requesting a bumper pay rise to stay at the club. Mm. And ultimately, he's still been pretty good this season, just not up to his normal level. And the problem is is that when you're asking for that sum of money, when you're not playing to your optimum level, it gets all the more galling and it gets fans riled up and it gets people annoyed. And it's not without basis, but again, to me, De Gea is by you know, he's not the only culprit tonight. Essentially, one of the big things that comes out of tonight is problems that we've known about for a long time, right? I mean, the defence isn't up to snuff. That needs to be improved, perhaps in the left-back, right-back, and another centre-back. I don't know, at least two of those three in order to genuinely challenge for the top honours. The second thing is, as we've seen so frequently, when an opposition team presses us, we don't give ourselves enough options. There's not enough movement. It's very static. We find it very difficult to pass our way out of danger. And that has been a problem for so, so long now that I don't even know how you start to begin to fix it. So it's not that it's just under here tonight, but issues like that do not help. And in particular, you know, this is something we've spoken about. And it's too... When you look at Paul Pogba, for instance, this evening... There's a couple of things that have to come into play. We've pointed, you pointed this out frequently in the sense that there's so much of a reliance on Pogba to make something happen, to be creative in the middle of the park, that when he doesn't sparkle or when he doesn't provide us with something, we look like we're out of ideas. And he got crowded out again so many, so many times this evening. And not only that, because there wasn't a lot of movement around him, he suffered. And this is one of those recurring themes that when you've got a team that is playing in a bit of a more free-flowing style with a bit more movement, then Pogba is going to shine. He is going to find more passes. When you're playing in this style at the minute, which is what we were doing essentially after that first 10-15 minutes, it's perhaps no surprise that he didn't have his best game. He is not necessarily shown himself to be a player of the last couple of years at United that can just sling the team on his back and make anything happen out of thin air. And perhaps it's not fair to suggest that he do that in a team that is not functioning well at the moment. I don't know. I mean, what do you think about the De Gea and Pogba situations? Because ultimately, those are our two big world-class players and neither had a good game tonight. Yeah, I mean, there's an awful lot of debate about about De Gea particularly at the moment. And, and obviously, that's, that's intensified after tonight. It's so difficult. You know, the guy has essentially been comfortably our best player for seven years, I think. Yeah, six, seven years anyway. At least five. Well, certainly five, five or six years minimum. Regardless of tonight, I still 
think he's one of the great the greatest shot stoppers in the world. And if I look at if I look at other keepers around, the the only one that I'd say that has equivalent ability to make almost impossible saves is probably Yano Black. But he's always had an issue with his distribution and his comfort with the ball at his feet. If he's making miraculous saves every game, you you can you can discount that because not discount it, but you can you can let that that slide because he's providing something incredibly valuable to the team. When he's not making those saves regularly, then the things that he doesn't do become more noticeable. So his distribution, so the ball at his feet, and also to a degree the way he commands his area, particularly at crosses and set pieces and things. If you couple that with the fact that he's clearly asking for an, an enormous wage for for a new con new contract, it's it's difficult to feel anything other than the fact that he's to a degree slightly overplaying his hand. I'm not sure there's entirely the will from Spain to sign him that the recent last two or three years has been reported. He certainly doesn't have the same reputation in Spain that he has here. If you look at the options, no, I mean look at Real. I mean they were always yeah. going to be the most likely option for him, and did they necessarily need another goalkeeper right now? You'd argue that's probably one of the few places they don't need to go spend a lot of money this summer. Mm, not for, for the amount of money we'd we'd still charge, ask for even with one one year left. I think they've got so many areas they need to to improve. So I'm not sure a goalie is the area where they'd want to spend that sort of money. But if you look at his other options, possibly Juventus, maybe and or PSG but but if you look at both of those Juventus seem to be if if we believe what what's been reported today putting a lot of money up to try and sign Felix from Benfica and and Diaz the, the defender as well Juve are a club that have a quarter of a million pounds to spend every summer and they don't necessarily need to but they they'll invest in big money in areas they need to and I don't think that they'd potentially be willing to do that in a keeper which leaves you with PSG, where they've got Buffon, but they they, they really highly rate Ariola, who's the guy just behind him. Would he really want to go there anyway? And and I think his market for the sort of money he's asking for in wages is is not as great as the hand that, that Mendes is trying to play. As for Pogba, I think a lot of what we're seeing is smoke. Wouldn't remotely surprise me if he signed a new contract in the next six months. That would anger a lot of people. My feelings on him are kind of sort of fifty percent negative 50% positive I, I think he's a world-class player I think he does struggle for consistency but he's also very aware that he's literally the only creative force in this entire team and he doesn't have the runners off him all the time so sometimes he holds the ball too long but he doesn't have the options necessarily that that he should have I just think with better you get more out of Pogba with better players around him and, and I think it would just be nuts given the amount of the amount of work that United need to do this summer to essentially sell their one potentially world-class midfielder um, and again I'm not sure the market is entirely there for him that's being reported no I don't disagree with that I mean I still love the guy and I still love what he can produce it's just as you said there it's the consistency thing but that's not only on him that's not all his responsibility United are inherently inconsistent over the you know during the post-Ferguson era that's been one of the hallmarks of what we've had you know we've had seasons where we'll start the Premier League in fine form for the first six weeks or so and then further down the line we'll get knocked out by Sevilla in two ridiculous legs of football we were absolute trash Mm. so there is no consistency United just haven't been able to get that and I can understand to a certain extent the argument where people say all right we'll be kept on buying players in the in the idea of trying to unlock Pogba how far does it go but again you know Imagine trying to 
recraft an entirely new midfield this summer, depending on what we're going to need. You know, there's a good chance now that Herrera's on his way. That's a shame on a personal level, but perhaps not the biggest shame on the footballing sense. You look at the options we've got beyond Herrera to go alongside Pogba, Matic, uh, McTominay and Fred and Pereira. And there is promise in some elements of those and in a player in Matic that we really don't think we can get much more out of. So yeah, you do need two to three players in order to actually properly accent him and maybe set him free a little bit. I don't know, but it all comes back to this sense that things are getting particularly messy at this stage of the season now because so many players are misfiring and because we do need to spend so much money in order to reach this level. And I guess it's extra chastening this evening because we've been in this situation before, haven't we? You know, We've been knocked out by teams of this calibre in previous seasons. You could almost pick out any knockout tie in the Champions League in the last sort of 10, 15 years when you think about the fact that it's more often than not in these situations where we've needed two goals to go through. This time it was three, so that was different, I guess, but still... <laughs> You know, it still feels like we're trying to chase a level that we don't appear to be getting any closer to. You know, sometimes there are signs that we might be able to be building up ahead of steam, but it just never seems to have a coherent plan or strategy to actually get us there. It's so reactive and scattergun, which is, you know, especially after a day like today, and you think about perhaps the work that might be involved to get United back up to the top level. I guess I sort of flip between thinking this is going to take forever, this is going to take several years and it won't happen under United. And then sort of thinking, well, actually, maybe there's only going to be three or four or five players that can come into this team and give us a quick level of improvement that might be able to start bridging that gap. I don't know. I mean, the problem is, is that so much about United is inconsistency and uncertainty. And again, you know, when you have a run like we had over the first three months, suddenly you're thinking, maybe we can build something out of this team. Maybe the squad is better than we thought it was. We knew it was better than Mourinho was getting out of them for the first half of the season, but maybe it's got something special there already. And it just feels like now this is the complete antithesis of where we were at at PSG. You know, we, it feels like we've come back down to earth with a big bump. And my my worry, I say it's a worry, you know, the, the fear very much is now that we've got five league games between now and the end of uh, May. And you're just starting to think, well, where are we going to pick up these points? You know, we've got to go to Goodison, City at home is our game in hand and the way they're playing at the minute that's a very tall order to try and get a draw out of that let alone a win and then Chelsea at home I mean I I would back us to at least get something from that but given the way that Arsenal and Spurs and maybe even Chelsea are playing at the moment and whether how wild United are and especially how flat things have been since PSG it's difficult to see us really picking ourselves up isn't it there are so many things at play here I think I think Fitness is a problem. We can't remember if we've we've talked about this before, but I, I do think the players are, did not have the fitness to to play the intensity of football that Solskjaer was immediately asking of them. You could mitigate that short term by by doing fitness work, but ultimately the core work needs to be done in the summer. And so the result was all those injuries, and then you have lots of players coming back from injury, and they're not all they're not sharp, they're not fit, and that's kind of what we're seeing with Martial, with Lingard, and um, a few others. And the other thing is, he seems Solskjaer seems to have not unreasonably started his cult long before the summer, which is fine, but you end up with a lot of uncertainty for a lot of players. So we've got the Herrera situation where if you read between the lines of what Solskjaer was saying a couple of days ago at his press conference, it's not entirely clear why why he's injured or if he's injured and whether it's more to do with the fact that he's quite clearly leaving. And so if you if you have that level of uncertainty, the player's not of a great use to us, particularly if his head's not else if his head's elsewhere and he was 
garbage again in his last game against against Watford, absolutely awful. You've got another in, another in matter who on Saturday against West Ham was brought back into the team and was just miles off the pace. And he's another one who's who's probably going to leave. And that's I think that's ultimately a good thing because I think he's on the on the way now and he hasn't ever really naturally fitted into anything we've tried to do in the last five or six years. But you've just got you've got quite a lot of players who are quite clearly on the way out or there's a great deal of uncertainty over and that 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 will in itself one mean that Solskjaer hasn't got the squad or the group of players to pick from to to rotate quite how he might have liked to and also you've just got players whose minds are elsewhere I mean De Gea really struggled to the point where RVG left him out when when it looked like he was going to be joining Real Madrid whatever it was four or five years ago I think you've got quite a few players with with things on their minds that influencing performances as well and I just think all of these things have conspired to the point where I can't see a happy outcome for the rest of the season I think I think we probably haven't hit the hit the bottom of the barrel yet, and I, I think I was <laughs> well. No, but I think I was I was I was saying. I mean, ultimately, you, can you see us not getting anything else than a whooping off City? I, I couldn't. I can't even see us beating Chelsea if we if we turn out like, like this. We won't win any of our next three games. We'll probably lose all three. So unless something changes significantly before the weekend, that's that's quite possible. And bearing in mind we've lost five of our last seven games, I don't think it's unrealistic that we could be in a situation where we've lost seven of ten I think we've just kind of hit the point where we just feel like we as we have at various points in in the last however many seasons where I just wish the season would end so we can start again all the players that are staying need a reboot the players that Oli wants to get out just need to be cut out and and, and, and you know started again we need some fresh blood we need so many things I'm just left with this ever diminishing hope that the club are capable of doing what they need to do to get anywhere near the level we're supposed to be at and I think one of the reasons why feeling so flat tonight wasn't that we lost to Barcelona because that was always likely but the fact that we lost to Barcelona Barcelona didn't even have to try that hard they didn't they didn't do anything exceptional it wouldn't remotely surprise me if Barcelona lost to either City or Liverpool at some point whenever they next play or if they play Mm. It's a degree of work needed to do, and I think there's just just is the ability there to to do the work at executive level as much as the managerial level that we, that we need, and, and evidence to, to date suggests otherwise. And then, you know, until until we get this mythical director of football appointed, you know, the guy mm-hmm. who should probably have been appointed a few months ago before we started recruiting, trying to recruit for the summer, you know, it's hard, it's hard to see what what direction we're going, in. and it's it's really frustrating again seeing seeing clubs like. Like like Real, like Barca, like Juve, like Bayern, who are basically just snapping up their players now. They've already got got players signed for next season. We're just coasting along without direction. Well, it's not going to come from the director of football, is it? I mean, at this stage, it, I can't see it happening. I mean, no. you pointed out there that we're already looking at who we're going to sign this summer, and I don't know whether or not many of those targets are going to be Champions League dependent. And I certainly hope not, because we could be looking at having to change our list of desirables very quickly at this stage, considering what could happen in the next couple of weeks. But regardless, the fact is, if you wanted to get a director of football, and you've got to get it in earlier than the summer, you know, it should have happened several months ago if it was going to happen at all. And it's not. I mean, I hate to be so negative and downcast about it. And this was coming from someone who was trying to be a little bit more positive and avoid some of the negativity that was happening in the group chat on the Louisville Twitter in the lead up to the game. Because I felt like we could do something tonight. I really did. And, you know, the first sort of 10 minutes was exactly what I was hoping for. You know, it was fearless. It was swashbuckling. And it was actually us trying to unsettle the team. And it worked, but it's just, what happens when we start getting pressurised and the way that we easily get forced into making errors? 
and I, I'm trying not to go over all ground. You know, there's there's so much that we can look at this evening. As you pointed out, there it is Barcelona. Yeah, it's not an absolute vintage side, but it's one that has Lionel Messi in it, and we managed to keep him quiet for pretty much the entirety of the first leg. But that was always going to be a tall order for this second game, especially at Camp Nou, considering how ridiculously good they are at home. And it is frustrating. You know, it's never fun to get beaten by a team of that level you know considering that this is a level that we've aspired to for so long and especially considering that you know realistically this should be the goal of the club considering our riches considering our resources considering the stature of united this is what we should be aiming for we should be aiming to be up there with the top teams in the continent and the plan has not been there the approach hasn't been there and the structure is not there at the minute in order for us to get there and I don't know what it's going to take the club to actually get that sorted and fix that problem. Because if you look at it objectively speaking from an outside perspective, you can say that whatever we've been doing since Ferguson and David Gill left has not worked. So at what point do you stop, sit back and actually analyse where things have gone wrong and make attempts to fix them? And I hope that, you know, obviously there's so much more going on at club level with United, and especially with Solskjaer, that we don't know about that could clue us into what's going on and perhaps things are being looked at in a very clinical fashion and you know in microscopic detail figuring out where we went wrong which players we bought that are wrong and trying to fix past mistakes that is my primary hope but it's based on hope it's not based on expectation it's not based on sound fact is it you know we've got a litany of evidence that suggests that united are going to struggle going forward until real genuine change is made and, you know, it's difficult to see at the minute where things are suddenly going to miraculously turn around. But, you know, we've got three games now coming up in the space this week, as we said, Everton away and then City at home and Chelsea at home. Who knows, within maybe 10 days, we could be looking at something completely different. I know, again, that's predicated on hope, but you hope now between the end now and the end of the season, knowing that we're out of both cup competitions, knowing that it's just top four to fight for, knowing that we're going to be in the Europa League next season, if we don't get into the top four, I hope that there is enough fight in this team now in these next five games to get us into it. I don't know what I'm basing that on because at the minute, with the way that the team's form has just died off since PSG away, it's difficult to make a proper case for it. But that is what I'm hoping for now. I don't know about you. Well, what about you? What do you think? Any chance? No. I can't. I can't make. Great. Okay. Twitter questions. It is then. No, I, I can't. I can't. I can't make a case for us reviving in the next few games for, for lots and lots of reasons. My only hope for the summer. My hopes for the summer is one. I think regardless of what I think his merits or other otherwise are as a coach, and and we don't entirely know yet, but I do think like he's going to have a serious cold this summer. Now, whether we replace him with better players is, or otherwise is, is up for debate. The one glimmer that I'm hanging on to, and it's not something that can help us this season, although the fact is, if the season's dead with a couple of games to go, we may be able to kind of expedite the process slightly, is that if we're in the Europa League next year particularly, regardless of who we sign, we have got a group of exceptionally talented academy players who are, at the moment, certainly three or four of them at the moment, who are playing at under-23 level, which is a level that's completely inappropriate for their development, and they're just really wasting their time to a degree. If we were in the Champions League next season, I would question where exactly we were going to be able to integrate some of them. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things that we've seen over the last sort of couple of weeks, isn't it? We haven't seen the likes of Chong or Gomez or Greenwood a lot lately because... 
the games have been must win, and that's not necessarily the best environment in which to bed them in, necessarily, is it? No, I mean, we saw, we, we, he threw he threw Greenwood on 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 Saturday. What was a slightly strange substitution, but ultimately we we got away with a win anyway. But I just don't see the opportunities for them next season if without us being in a competition that doesn't entirely matter too much, and where they're not playing teams of huge significance, who who they can really adjust against. And I almost, I almost, whilst we don't necessarily have the players there to fix all of our problems in the next two or three years without transfers, my hope is that potentially we kind of fall on our feet a little. Particularly if we, if we're in the Europa League next year, we might find it more difficult to sign our prime targets, and we may ultimately end up being being forced to use them to a degree that we might otherwise not have wanted to. But but I, if anything, I do I do trust that Solskjaer will give them a chance when he's when he can and and mm. you know as many of them as possible so it, it's almost like I don't trust United to actively dig themselves out of this hole by acting effectively and with great direction as a football club but I'm just hoping that perhaps we can will accidentally find a solution to some of the problems by utilizing thing you know elements that we've already got at the club that we're fortunate to have coming through. I'm putting my trust in Ali because that's pretty much all I can do at this point. You know, I I back him to bring in the right type of players that this United team needs. And I'm not suggesting that every single signing that he's going to make is going to be absolute gold and everything's going to work out because not every football manager is a perfect record when it comes to transfers. But, you know, the average quality level of the squad has to start improving, you know, and I... I don't actually. I don't like talking about this because it reminds me of the way we were going about things when Mourinho was in charge, and he was saying things like, "You know, this squad is enough to snuff," and we were arguing against saying that actually it is. You know, you're just not getting the most out of it, and that makes me uncomfortable. I think it's just more a case of now of having seen what these players can do consistently under Solskjaer over the last several months. Yes, there's a fitness element to it. It's just a case of improving on what we've got and accenting what we have, which is some promise in attack, a very, very talented central midfielder slash attacking midfielder, and one decent centre-back? God knows, who knows? Look, I'm going to go on to Twitter questions, which I can't do anymore. Mm. <laughs> All right, at solar underscore hits, best meds for a United depression. God, morphine right now, I think. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, Marco Donahue, who do we keep out of what's available from a squad of squad players? Ooh. Uh, well, Rashford, Martial, Pogba. You keep Sanchez and Lukaku? No. Well, I mean, ultimately, <laughs> are we talking practically or in dream in dream world? If we could sign nine or ten players in the summer, then there's quite a few I'd I'd off. But realistically, that's not going to happen, is it? So you have Let's to... Let's go for realistically. I mean, certainly, we've got to try and get rid of Sanchez somehow. Uh, well, by basically by putting him on a boat, locking him in, in a boat, and sending it in the direction of China. And you know, we already we've already t- talked about some of those who'll be going. I would expect Rocco to go if anybody's stupid enough to take on his wages, which I imagine there probably will be. Valencia obviously is is off. Darmin will will go. Herrera and Matter obviously. So you know, I think we probably expect to see six or seven players, maybe even by. It wouldn't wouldn't stun me if De Gea went, but I'm not sure it's as it's as certain as some people would suggest. I can see six or seven mm. players going this summer, and us bringing in four or five, depending on <clears throat> depending on who they are. But I mean, one of the things we we, we didn't talk about when we talk about the West, the, the first leg of the uh, of the Barcelona tie, 
was that almost all of the dangerous positions we had were in Barcelona's left left back area. He said afterwards that Ashley Young had, had conceded possession of 32 times and attempted nine crosses, and none of those crosses had hit, had, had hit a United player. We could improve an enormous amount by sorting out that right-hand side because it immediately frees Pogba to have more options to play with. It creates a, a, an angle of danger that we just don't have at the moment. We we have to we have to attack down the left or through the centre. We have no right hand side. I think mm-hmm. there there are key positions that you know obviously we need centre back. If we got a right, the right back and a right winger, so right right forward right, then I think that changes an awful lot. And then if we can get a midfielder who's capable of of, of looking after possession and of passing accurately <laughs> and keeping the ball for more than five passes. That would be novel. Uh, Samurai Jack asks, can we rehire Mourinho, please? Well, I think we've dealt with this on Twitter. No. No. Mar- Absolutely Mourinho not. Is, is, He's on the wind-up anyway. He is but on no. the wind-up, yeah. Mourinho is a significant, if not the most significant, reason why we're in this mess in the first place. He's a minor He's a he's a significant minor factor in why we're in this mess in the, in the first place. I'd agree with that. Anthony Baker, how would you approach this summer in terms of the ins and outs? Would you go for a mass exodus slash complete rebuild or introduce one or two key signings to add to what we've already got? Uh, somewhere in the middle of that, I guess. I mean, mass exodus is always so difficult because if you let a ton of players go, you've got to bring in a lot more to try and compensate for it. And realistically, if United let sort of five or six players go, then we're not going to be able to get a lot of money recouped back for them. You know, if Mata goes and Herrera goes, their contracts have expired, so we're not going to get any fee for them. And realistically, who are we going to be able to sell to make much money? So I think it's going to be tricky to financially manage that situation too much. But yeah, I mean, like five or six, you know, proven caliber players who won the Champions League would be great. Thanks very much. <laughs> uh, at Sean KDLA, will Owen Hargreaves ever decide on an accent? <laughs> He is, he is a confused soul, isn't he? He's a confused soul in, on quite a few things, but um, but yeah, I think his his accent kind of sums up his his opinions on some things. <laughs> <laughs> that was vague as hell. Uh, Johnny White, remember when we were told we'd get a director of football and appoint a manager at the end of the season? Good times. We've talked about this, haven't mm. we? I, I think I, I personally think we've gone way too early, and you know we have to get now go with what we've done. But well, you know if you if you if you set down, if you announce or, or brief that you're going to carry out this extensive recruitment process, which will end in the summer, and that's also going to include appointing a director of football, and then you don't do either of those things, then I'm afraid you open yourself up to being called an absolute tit, which Edward Wood does quite a lot. Our friend Phil, Phil Wilson, can't we just, I don't know, reboot the entire squad? I don't think there's one button that can do that, but it sounds interesting. Uh, Miles Bailey, do we have a right back better than Raphael? Do we have a right winger better than Nanny? Do we have a centre midfielder better than Carrick? Do we have a striker better than RVP? How have we spent so much since Sir Alex Ferguson retired and gone backwards? Woodward that. Yeah. <clears throat> Say hi to Edward Wood and his and his baffling array of managerial appointments and you know one of the things one of the things that people often say is i'll revert back to the idea the glazers won't spend any money blah, 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 which you know to agree united have lost an awful lot of money to the glazers take over and the debt and whatever else but the point is we have spent a shit ton of money and we, we spent almost a billion pounds and we're covering you know we are currently we are currently carrying the second um i think the second biggest wage bill in europe 
uh, or thus the world in, in football terms. You know, the, the reality is we have we have committed an awful lot to footballers. We've just committed it in an absolutely abysmal fashion. Uh, our friend Kev, Kev LC, uh, have we considered putting the entire squad in rice? <laughs> We're trying to desiccate them, are we? They're desiccated already. There's nothing left to... There's no life left to draw out of them. No, I think he's talking about when you get an electronic device and it goes in water, you put it in rice to try and dry it out and fix it again. I have worse ideas. Well, you know, I, I actually, I actually tried that once, and apparently it's a, it's a myth. And, it's and, never and, worked for me. Put it that way. No, and it didn't work for me either. But it's, it's a nice idea. I, I do think the idea of the idea of the reset. You know, we for, for a number of reasons, we do just need the summer where the whole, you know, we obviously thin out the squad, add players to the squad, and where Ollie has a full pre-season to get them as fit as he wants them to be. They all start again. They stop. They start again, and they they work. You know, with a common purpose from from the start of pre-season, with regard, rather than mm. having to pick up something very new mid-season and do something very different, which they haven't been trained physically or mentally for during the previous pre-season. I, I have to say, I'm not sure Mourinho trained much of anything last summer, um, which might explain why some of their heads are full of full of jelly. But um, it needs a pre-season. And it's the same every f-ing summer, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> No, see, we keep sort of talking about reboots and everything, and this is going to be the third major reboot in the post-Ferguson era. And yeah, I see where you're coming from in the sense that if we do get Europa League, it'll be nice to bed some of the youngsters in there and give them some more game time and perhaps make a concerted effort at the Premier League, knowing we haven't really got to worry a gigantic amount about competing in Europe. You know, I think the team will be good enough to get through the group stages famous last words but yeah it's just that sense that we are going into another major rebuild this summer and it's just the slog and the drudgery of it all i mean i like signing new players but i'm just the the expectation of how we actually going to implement everything and who we're going to bring in who we're going to let go it's just this merry-go-round that i'm just tired of now i'm, I'm it, it's just mad we just got to start dealing with this better i tell you what really really do i tell you what's depressing is that i've got to the point now where what's depressing rich well, no, tell uh, one, me one, amongst the, amongst the many none other of the other things, things we've been talking about for the last <laughs> 15 minutes <laughs> well no one of the things that gets me down now about thinking about the summer and united is that i've got to a point now where I'm, i've always got some some player or other who i'm championing from another league who i think would be ideal for united and i'm currently whiffling on about about nicolas pepe from from Leal. But but anyway, my point is that I, I, f- I feel now that it doesn't matter who United sign. They could sign any one of my favourite players or the supposedly most talented young players or whatever in, in Europe. I wouldn't have any confidence that we'd ever see the best of them at United, which makes me sad because, we, you know, we were not just Fergie, you know, Busby built, built, built us as a club on, on the basis of, you know, really maximising talent and potential. And, and at the moment, we just... We just start doing that, and there was a glimpse of that. We've had a glimpse of that from Ollie for mm. for two and a half months, just enough to actually get us get our minds round to the idea that that we might actually become that that club again. We might actually be a club at which we've got these pretty decent players who are really playing to their best. And this is the last the last few weeks have just kind of trodden on that again to the point where I'm I, I'm thinking about the summer. And I'm thinking, you know, we we could sign whoever and we could put together a really wicked introductory video that had the, that everyone would think was brilliant, but ultimately will we ever see the best of that player on a football pitch? And I just, I don't have a great deal of confidence in that at the moment. 
No, I mean, the one thing that I will say before we add these last few questions this evening is that it's very easy, considering how dispiriting the first half of the season, to let a setback like this affect us. And I think, realistically, what we need to look at, perhaps, you know, and we've spent the last, most of this pod sort of talking very negatively. That's understandable. I think what I'm trying to get at is that in the context, getting knocked out by Barcelona, given the way the season's gone, is not that much of a surprise, nor should it be a massive, massive blow. No. What matters now is how United deal with what the rest of the season has. And realistically, we did wonder whether or not a Champions League run was really going to be conceivable several months ago. Yeah. And ultimately, it's proven that it wasn't. You know, We did very well against Paris Saint-Germain, and that should give us spirit going into whatever happens next season, that we can turn things around and that we can compete with teams at a higher level to where we are at the minute. It's just going to take us long. It's going to take us some real work in order to actually get there. And what I think I'm going to try and do a little bit more of in the next couple of days, despite the way I've been very clearly downcast this evening is just remember that there is still some way to go of this season and there is still a chance to salvage something from it. You know, and we could be talking about something completely different in two weeks or perhaps a month's time when it comes to that wonderful end of season review. But there we go. We'll save that for then. Right. Last two questions of the night. At Cryingo, can I go to cryosleep until young Jones and Smalling retire? Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Although, having said that, I'm slightly defensive of, of, of Phil Jones. I, I think he actually played quite well I tonight. you going to say slightly defensive of cryosleep. <laughs> well, no, no. But people, you know, people, I think people pick on Jones and Smalling, particularly along with Ashley Young, who is entirely fair to pick on as in, in a constructive sense. But I would sell Bai and Rocco before I'd sell Young and and Smalling, but Young and Smalling's only only faults are that they probably shouldn't be starting. They should be they should be squad players, and and if United had bought a, a proper centre back in the summer, then that's what they'll be. And I think they're, they're useful to have as that. I think it's it's easy to, to to bash both of them because they've been there a long time and they're you know very very interlinked with the whole period of disappointment and underperformance. But yeah, I'd just say I'd just say ease up on the Smalling and Jones grief because I think they do have some value to us going forward last one of the night Mark Hopner guys will we ever be happy again I was happy like two months ago or, or, or post PSG was I was absolutely deliriously happy it's just it was just cruel wasn't it it was cruel that we, we were given that little window of of joy and wonder for, for for about two months and then it was basically an enormous giant elephant came squatted over us and shat on our heads <laughs> got nothing better to add after that i'm calling this episode after that exact moment that was superb <laughs> nicely done mate well i guess we'll reconvene after or oh, gordon bennett one of these interesting premier league games we've got coming up in the next week but until then cheers rich always a pleasure never a chore <laughs> no worries good night mate guys thank you very much for listening and don't forget you can get us all over twitter in case you want to speak to us about anything football related or if you want to break from that anything else that's fine maybe we we'll want to talk about football for a little bit you can get rich at rich red voices you can get me at at you and lennett you can get the pod at red voices musc our blog at redvoices.net and the podcast can be picked up on apple podcasts spotify and any other pod- podcast app you can possibly think of have yourselves a superb week take care cheerio